Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of The Next Tech Podcast. We're your hosts. I'm Alicia Davis. I am Bina Abdul-Rahim, and today's guest speaker is Katia Dean, who's a public speaker, a cybersecurity professional, career coach, author, award winner, and a mentor. Um, welcome to the Next Tech Podcast, Katia. Thank you for having me on this Saturday morning. <laughs> Thank you for definitely being a guest um, and agreeing to come on. We appreciate it. So before we get started, um, can you kind of tell us or go a little bit more in detail about exactly what you do um, and how you got into um, cybersecurity? Just kind of introduce yourself to the world or to our audience. Sounds good. So hello, everybody. My name is Katia Dean. My personal branding hashtag is the voice of CyberPros. I'm currently a systems engineer where I provide technical guidance for the government and various cloud projects. When I'm not working my nine to five, I am the founder of KTSI Life, which is my resume business, helping the next generation of cybersecurity professionals, people that's transitioning into cybersecurity, and also people that's in cybersecurity, but they wanna pivot into another area of cybersecurity. And I'm also people's comical relief on LinkedIn as well with my emojis that has a move for everything. Awesome. Now, you have a lot of accomplishments um, and a lot that you're actually doing um, here in the cybersecurity world. So we definitely appreciate you. Um, but I recently saw um that you won the um 2020 um was it the ICS Square Global Achievement Rising Star Award um i remember that it was announced inside of the Black Sin Cyber um security slack group that i'm a part of um you got a lot of kudos in regards to that so how did it feel um learning that you won that award Yes, well, I was actually really, really excited because my mentor, shout out to Dr. Hasid, he actually nominated me for that award. I actually got nominated twice. He nominated me last year, but they said I didn't have the years of experience yet. Mm -hmm. So he nominated me again, and I was just so excited because that's actually for my business, KTSI Life. So I was excited because... I realized that all my hard work paid off. My my business mm -hmm. actually started off from my blog. In my in my blog series, I basically documented my navigation, finding a career mm -hmm. again after being unemployed. So me sharing my story and helping people out, even though I was in my own own storm, mm -hmm. that was getting kudos. So I was just really excited that. I was able to win that award and show people that all your hard work will pay off in the end. Congratulations one more time. And I, I love I love your journey. I actually been following you since the time you were posting about, you know, um, uh, 
finding a job and, mm-hmm. and the hardship you went through. And it was just like, oh my God, I, I feel that. I can I can totally relate to this. And when you, when I saw you winning this award, I'm like, yes, well-deserved. Right. Well-deserved. Yes. Yeah. It's nice to definitely have that, um, like we've been saying in previous episodes, it's nice to have that representation of seeing someone in the field actually talk about their struggles and how they overcame them um, and not just only showing us the achievements that they have. So, um, yeah, it is definitely well-deserved. So congrats again. Um. So I do also want to ask, um, we know or did some research. So we know that um, came from a what electrical or you were in electrical engineering. So how did you pivot from that in undergrad to obtaining a master's degree in cybersecurity? Oh, yeah. So I have my bachelor's in electronic engineering from Cleveland State University, Cleveland, Ohio, the 216. So... <laughs> So I actually, when I was doing my undergrad, it was time for me to graduate. And as everybody else, you got your degree and you're like, okay, I'm ready. It's time for me to go get a job. But while I was at home, I noticed that the job market really wasn't in my favor for an engineering job. So I had to take a risk and actually move to a different state. So I actually moved to Maryland where my dad lived and it was a small town and he's like oh just just come live with me i can help you find a job and it was a really tough decision because first of all i'm from the city and i was moving to a small town that i already didn't like when i visit him in the summer (laughs) and i said wait you want me to live here permanently i don't know (laughs) how i feel about that but i realized you know if i stay at home and I'm seeing some of my classmates get jobs and I'm figuring what's wrong with me. Let me take that risk and actually move. So I ended up moving to Small Town, Maryland, uh, Leicester Park, Maryland, AKA I'll call it the Boondocks. <laughs> I, I moved there and I actually got my first job as a system test engineer for Northrop Grumman, where I supported an unmanned air vehicle and at this time, I knew nothing about an unmanned vehicle. I didn't know what it was. I didn't know anything. So that was my first job. And while I was navigating, getting used to the new job, and also getting used to being a government contractor, I was trying to find my next career move. At first, I had wanted to do telecommunications, but I'm like, eh, I don't know. So I had actually volunteered for a STEM event for young girls that was in the area. And it was, the young girls was from middle school and high school. And it was during appreciation night, doing a workshop that they were going over all the workshops and they mentioned this cybersecurity workshop. And I was like, cybersecurity, what is that? I never heard of it. So I said, oh, let me volunteer next year for this workshop so I can see what it's about. And I actually volunteered for that workshop I saw that the girls was actually decoding some code and they had to do some investigation. And I know, well, I don't like programming, but maybe it's a different area within this field that I could look into. And of course, I didn't know which school to go to, but my one of my good friends had recommended 
the University of Maryland University College. I looked that school up and I attended one of the webinar webinars that discussed the cybersecurity program. And while I was listening to the webinar, it actually was different areas within cybersecurity that I could fit into. So that's how I actually ended up pivoting into cybersecurity volunteering at a STEM event. Wow. <laughs> a good journey on right it's like it's, it's kind of like you you really stumbled into the field a little uh -huh. um just by seeing that event happen and just deciding to go to it off of a whim so okay that's a nice one i like that that's definitely different from what we've heard um before with other guests so yeah i like that and i i like the fact that you didn't give up and said oh my god like i don't like programming and I'm not going to look into cybersecurity. You said, I don't like programming. I will look <laughs> into cybersecurity and find out something I like. Um, and let's jump into more of your cybersecurity resume workshop. Um, tell us more about that. Uh, I know you hold um, an online event once, um, if I'm not mistaken, once a month. And it's supposed to help people who are um, who wants to fix their resume and you give out tips and help them out. Um, tell us more about that. Yeah, so I actually have a resume workshop today at two o'clock. This is for Black and Cybersecurity, which I'm also the program director of the career services for that organization. So during my resume workshop, I usually have three brave volunteers that give me their resume and I give them live feedback. And also the people that attend these workshops, they can actually apply what I'm telling this person about their resume. And during the workshop, I also give the job seeker an idea of how their resume reads. So for instance, if someone is in the IT support or help desk side of cybersecurity, I will reference the NIST 800-101 publication. I will let them know, hey, according to your resume, currently you are on the operate and maintain side of cybersecurity. If I see someone that earns some search, I also try to make sure that they understand, actually ask yourself, why did you earn these search? Do the search that you have now align to your career path? or are you learning those search at your current role? And then I just also make sure that the job candidates actually really pay close attention to detail because sometimes the smallest detail can put your resume at the end of the pile. So for instance, a lot of people are not aware of this, but if you currently work at a job, I see a lot of people have the action verb in past tense. So when I'm looking at the resume, I say, are you currently working here? You don't work here. And sometimes they say, yeah, I still work there. And I say, okay, well, you have to make sure that your action verb is in the correct tense. Mm -hmm. So I do that to make sure that people understand that here's some tips to help you improve your resume. Hopefully you apply what I'm telling you. You will see some changes. If you need more in depth with your resume, then you're more than welcome to go to my website and I can help you with the new resume. 
Awesome. So how, um, what, what's your website? Oh, yes. My website is ktiasylife.tech. So K-A-T-I-A-S-C-Y-L-I-F-E dot tech. Okay. Awesome. I'll um, make sure that we have that in the description box so um, our readers can definitely take heed to that. Now, in what you stated about your cybersecurity resume workshops, um, you brought up the NIST um, skill set that you can actually add to your resume for some. You also have a course that teaches how to use that NIST. Um, well, there's a NIST 800-181 public publication. Um, who should attend that and why? Everybody should attend. So, <laughs> so students, people that are transitioning, people that are already in cybersecurity should attend this course, or I'm sorry, enroll in this course, because the publication is actually a really huge document, and you would actually get confused and overwhelmed because it's just so much information to obtain. But my course is only an hour and a half. I use examples from different scenarios, how people can align the path using the publication. I actually give you a live demonstration because it's on the website. So they have a live demonstration. I do a live demonstration walking through the document. I also give you a breakdown of the certification that you could possibly earn and align it to that publication so you can make sure that you're not getting cert happy and just getting certifications, but now you still can't find a job because you didn't really think of your career path while you would earn these certifications. Ooh, okay. I like that word. Sorry. Right. <laughs> <laughs> no, because right. it's true. A lot of people just go cert crazy and they don't think like, what are they, are they learning from this cert? Are you just getting it to get it? Right. Like, are they sense. really aligning with, like she said, like your actual career path? Um, so, yeah. Okay. Um, in regards to the resume, I'm sorry, Bina. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm really interested no. in this resume. Thing. <laughs> Go ahead. Go so ahead. No. Go ahead. In regards to um, your resume tips that you provide um, others, um, do you think a candidate should have both a digital resume along with a traditional resume or it's a personal preference? It could be two things. One, it could be a personal preference, but due to the times we are in right now. <laughs> <laughs> I already know what it's going. Yeah, I already know it. <laughs> we are in right now. Everything is virtual. So uh -huh. now I tell people to set yourself apart I say a digital resume is your show and tell. So, for instance, a lot of programming people I notice have a GitHub. Mm -hmm. So, they're actually, I call it your show and tell of what you're learning. You're documenting your whole path. You're documenting your projects. Now, you can use it to advantage in a interview. So, for instance, when they say, when, they, when you have a scenario-based question, if it's online, let's just say through a Zoom call, and they say, hey, can you give me an example of a programming code that you worked on? And you mm -hmm. can say, sure. You'll go straight either to your digital resume, mm -hmm. which now will have your links to your website. 
you could probably show them a YouTube video that you did, give them a quick 30 second preview of that, and that's basically your show and tell. So to the so now I say both are essential, but if you have the traditional one, that will work too because not all ATS systems is current, so you would still need your t- traditional resume. Okay. Okay. See, I'm always interested in the digital one. I think it's something new, and um, it would be amazing to see like how far with the situation we're in if paper resume just goes away and it's all about digital now. Right. But then at the but then again in the cybersecurity world, I mean, it pretty much is all tech anyway, or online mm-hmm. and digital. So it does kind of make sense to definitely just be or conform to the digital resume, in my opinion, don't have to actually do that yourself. But it's just in my opinion, I um, really mm-hmm. agree with, um, with Katya when she said that it is really your your show and tell because it's right there and readily available just in a snap, go ahead and pull it up and be able to allow employers or recruiters to see exactly what you have available so i agree easy peasy Um, now let's talk about um you so i was listening to um and reading some of your um you know posts on linkedin and you always mention about you know how sometimes you don't like where you're going and take a risk now what kind of risk are we talking about Oh, yes. Well, I have a lot of those. <laughs> <laughs> so I use myself as an example. For instance, uh, previously I mentioned how I was at home in Cleveland mm-hmm. and I noticed that the job market wasn't there. And it was a big step for me to leave my mama and my granny and everybody and go over to a new state where I didn't know anyone other than my dad. So that was one risk that I took in my career, moving to a different state where I didn't know anybody. My second risk was actually finding my new career path. So getting out there, actually volunteering, being involved. And even though I'm a, I'm seriously, I'm a true introvert. I really am. (laughs) But I know how to turn it on and turn it off. So I know that a lot of people use that. I'm an introvert all the time. and And they're just so scared to get out there. But for you to succeed, you have to, I know it's easier said than done, but you have to practice and just put yourself out there and just, you know, just go out there and put yourself out there. That's the second risk. The third risk is actually finding a mentor in your field because in my undergrad, I didn't have a mentor at all. I was used to being the only Girl in the classroom, and especially the only black female in the classroom. So mm-hmm. I didn't have a mentor in my undergrad at all. So I was going into the field blind. But when I got to my master's program, shout out to Dr. Carter. <laughs> Dr. Carter was actually my professor, and she was a black lady that looked like me. So she had actually told us in the class before we left, if you need any help or any advice, reach out to me. So I took it upon myself. And I basically volunteered her that she that she's going to be my my mentor. <laughs> so, she, so she was my mentor in my master's program, and she actually helped me finally realize that I was in cybersecurity as well, but I was just in a different area. So I was mm-hmm. like everybody else because I thought cybersecurity was 
technical and I and I was going to hack all day and I had to no 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 programming. Mm-hmm. But Dr. Carter actually made me realize no you have the transferable skills to get into this industry. Here are your transferable skills and this is how you use that to your advantage. And then later on in my master's program, shout out to Dr. C. He's <laughs> also my mentor as well. And he is the one that I met him for the first time in person at a conference. I think it was the Cyber Maryland conference. I met him in person. Mm-hmm. We talked. And now he had he has me in these speaking events and all these great things. So another risk is actually finding a mentor. Now I want to be very specific about a mentor. You have to find a mentor that's on the same career path as you. So if I have someone, hey KT, I want you to be my mentor, but you're interested in digital forensics, I really cannot help you because digital forensics is not my expertise. However, I do know people that in digital forensics that I could gear your way and hopefully they could help you. Mm-hmm. So anyone out there, when you're looking for a mentor, make sure that the mentor is in the same career path that you want to go down. You being a mentee, you also have to put in the work. So you cannot just be gimme, 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 but you're not, you know, you're not doing anything. You're not showing any initiative. You just want all the answers and that's mm-hmm. it. So you also have to put in the work as well. Mm-hmm. Oh, and then my fourth risk, I got one more. <laughs> <laughs> my fourth one is just, I don't I don't know if I really want to call it a risk. I'm just going to say doing your own thing. So creating your own lane, whatever interests you, just do it. Who cares what other people think? Uh, I'll give an example. The emojis that I use. The funny thing about the emojis is that the emojis, I'm that person, I'm late to the trend. So people could be on the trend, I'm just like, whatever. And then I'll let the trend die down. And then I just do my own thing. Mm-hmm. Because I always say, people could try to intimidate you. I mean, uh, try to copy you, but it's only one you. So some somebody could do the same thing as you but you bring your own personal pizzazz to it and you just keep going with it. Oh, okay. I love that. I love these. <laughs> now, speaking of mentor, though, can we go back and talk about what type of mentor? Because honestly, personally, I had a bad experience when I started off in Sci- why well, say InfoSec. Uh, before getting my degree, I was dying to get a mentor because I didn't understand like there were like you mentioned there's so many paths um into infosec and my mentor turned out to be passive aggressive mm. and if it it was more like if I didn't do what the mentor was saying it was just like you know what I don't want to talk to you like it was that kind of relationship if that makes sense um mm-hmm. so I had to basically follow whatever the plan he had for me um, or else um, I wasn't a good mentee. So I finally let go of this mentor and realized, you know, once I entered the work field, I was like, you know, I don't need this kind of uh, negative negativity in my life. So I let go of this mentor and I start looking for positive people and it changed my life. Um, A lot of people don't know that mentors can be passive aggressive 
Um, can we talk about that and, you know, maybe like have some tips of like how, what to avoid in mentors? Yes. Yeah, so as you probably can see, there's a lot of people out there that would say, oh, if you need a mentor, reach out, I can help you. Mm-hmm. I'm a person that goes off actions. Your uh-huh. words at this point don't mean nothing to me. Mm-hmm. I, 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 I'm sorry. I'm a person, as y'all follow me, I go by actions. And my actions, I follow through on my actions. But I'm also like you. I also go off energy, too. Mm-hmm. And if your energy is messed up, I mean, I, I probably can sense it through the phone or sense it through the computer. I don't want to deal with you. And I apologize that you had a horrible experience and they need to be ashamed of themselves. <laughs> right. <laughs> so for anyone out there that's looking for a mentor, I would just honestly do research, see how they interact with people online. So if the mentor you're interested in is very active on LinkedIn, I will monitor how they interact, interact with people, the type of comments they leave. And if it's like red flags, then I wouldn't bother with them. Mm-hmm. And I would probably do, I would say, an informational interview first before you basically waste your time and they waste mm-hmm. their time. Right. That would be my tips for anyone. Okay. Those are great tips. Yeah, definitely. I feel like energy um, and the vibe is definitely one as well. Being around you, if if there's a vibe that I have to question, then that's something as well. So just kind of understand body language and go from that, as well as like Katya said, do your research. But I'm a vibe person as well. So it's one of those. I really take that to heart, to heed. So if I don't feel it, then I can't, like, we can't go any further, but <laughs> you clap, I'm for real. But, no, you're um... right. You're right. Cause I, I'm like that too. And I see why we vibe because it's like, if I, am I feeling something then right. I'm like, let me stay away. But you know, if, <laughs> mm. listen, listen to your intuition. Cause they don't, it don't lie. They do not. Really <laughs> yeah. The signs are there. And I'm a person like that. You could not do anything to me, but if you're, energy is is messed up i'm just i'm like yeah let me follow you from a distance because right. your energy <laughs> like yeah, that spongebob beam let me head out <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah i'm just gonna i'm just gonna i'm just gonna head on out now <laughs> right <laughs> right um so with you you're pretty much well, I won't really say distinguished, but you're, you, you're, you've well achieved a lot of things in your career span. Um, I do want to ask, though, what are some common problems or obstacles that you have faced um, throughout the course of your career so far? Yes. Yeah, so in my career, starting out in any career field is when you first entry level any career you starting out, of course, when you first you get your first job, you want to do a great job. You want people to like you. But you also have to sense the red flag. Most of my jobs, about one, two, three, four. <laughs> four of my jobs, I was in a very toxic work environment. Hmm. And a toxic work environment could be a, 
a couple of things. One, it could be you have management that don't support your career goals. Oh, yes. You could have management that throw you up under the bus, mm-hmm. along with coworkers that throw you up under the bus. Mm-hmm. You could also work with coworkers that just miserable. So now you have a lot of negative energy around you all the time and no one is happy. Mm-hmm. I faced that a lot through my career. Okay. And when I was unemployed for a long time, I'm gonna, we're gonna get to that in my book. But when I was employed <laughs> for a long time, I have I have wrote down some goals and I said, I'm not dealing with any more toxic work environments. I want to find a company where hiring manager actually listen to my goals. They actually want to see me grow. They want to invest in my future. They support me when I do things outside of work because I just don't work. I do things outside of work. My job is not who I am mm-hmm. and my job does not define me. Mm-hmm. I'm more than just my just my job. Also, being the only black female in the room in the meetings or sometimes walking around the hallways, mm-hmm. sometimes that could be overwhelming. I remember my first job that that job was a, a stressful job because I actually cried sometimes in the bathroom because I was frustrated. I'm like, y'all getting on my nerves. Y'all threw me up under the bus. Oh, this no. Job. Yeah, this one time I thought I was going to lose my job for real because I'm like, oh, no, they did not just throw me up under this bus. <laughs> uh, but I was honestly happy that I had at least one black person at work. I was so happy. Mm-hmm. Um, I was happy I at least had one black person so you could talk out your feelings and they understand what you're going through. Mm-hmm. I always say if you don't now if you're the only person, I would say it's a little hard, but I would talk to one of your family members or a friend to vent mm-hmm. your frustration out with. And then actually I say make your escape route. Okay. Sit okay. Down, sit down one day, say, okay, I'm tired of this crap. I don't have time for this. What do I need to do to move on to the next level so I can find my happiness? Mm-hmm. And I also realized in my career that money isn't everything because you can make as much money as you want, but if you don't feel like getting up to go to work because you don't like the toxic work environment, to me, that salary don't mean nothing. Okay. Now, I will say that Earning, knowing your worth, and giving me my money. No, <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, but knowing your worth and actually negotiating your salary is very important. Mm-hmm. When a lot of people work with me, I don't care who you are, guys, ladies, but especially my ladies, I want to make sure that we get our money. Okay, we're gonna know our worth. Mm-hmm. I don't want you to settle for what the so-called max is in their eyes. If we could bump them up to 5K, that's great. If we could bump them up even more, at the end of the day, I just want to make sure that you didn't settle for that max that they told you because you're going to negotiate your salary. Mm-hmm. And that's what I learned doing my job search. I'm basically a salary negotiator now. No, I, uh, <laughs> I negotiated my salary ooh, maybe four times already. Uh-huh. And during that time, as I tell people, I documented everything. I documented how many 
interviews I went on, I documented the pattern of the recruiters. I documented the pattern of the hiring managers. Even though I was exhausted, I knew if I was going on to the next level or if this company was bullcrapping me around the whole nine yards. So I learned that during during my journey finding a, another job. Now, <clears throat> speaking about being the only black one in the room um, and advocating for women as well, did that at any point, I know it's overwhelming, but at any point, did it really discourage you for coming back to work? And if so, or if not, like, how did you really kind of overcome that piece? Or was it just another day at, at work? Certain times, it was just another day at work. Other times, I will find a balance. So for me, I do vibration sound therapy, which is basically... Mm. I go to my, I call her my healer. I go to my healer and she aligns all my chakras. Mm-hmm. And when I first went to her, she would tell me which chakras was blocked and she would give me exercises or she would tell me, okay, your throat chakra is blocked. So that means that you are struggling with communication mm-hmm. and you need to find ways to communicate better or maybe something like that. So it'd be at work or it'd just be in my personal personal space. And if my crown chakra, which is your top, your brain, mm-hmm. everything, if that was blocked, that meant that some of my creative my creative skills was blocked and I need to release that some type of way. So for me it was creating my blog or now creating other ideas with my marketing manager for my business. And I would just work on that. And every time I would come from my vibration sound therapies, my mind would be clear and I would have a different outlook on life. And then I wouldn't let certain stuff bother me. Mm-hmm. And I also learned a lot of people, we do this and I had to get myself out of it. So let's just say you woke up today, you woke up on the wrong side of bed. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people would just, whatever happened that morning, it would mess up your whole day. I mean, your whole day. Nothing, nothing would go right. And you just like, this is just a bad day. But I had learned, okay, something can go wrong in the morning, but don't let that mess up your whole day. Mm -hmm. Whatever happened, try to find a positive in it. Now, let's, Lord behold, somebody passed, and that's a different story. (laughs) But if it's something like, maybe you stumped your toe. Uh So now your your whole day messed up because you stumped your toe and your foot hurt. But instead of going on that the whole day, you know, find the positive, like, okay, let me uh sit down somewhere and relax for today. Mm-hmm. And that won't, you know, that won't mess up your whole day. Mm-hmm. I just want to add, I started reading this book again, Think and Grow Rich, A Black Choice. I'm not sure if you've heard of that at all. Um, but it was something in there that resonated with me. Um, and it talks about things like you being the only black one in the room or at your workplace. And it can be a little intimidating or overwhelming because you're the only one there. And how I've been, I don't really say trained, but how it's been 
formed in my mind over years from people talking to me about that scenario is that you have to show other people that you are I won't really say the best, but you're very good at what you do. You have to be above and beyond whoever is near you um, or whoever is in the workplace with you. I just kind of wanted to add that I don't feel like it's one of those things that you really have to prove yourself to anyone. Because at that point, if you're now in the role um, Mm -hmm. or if you're now in the field, like um, Tanika said in the last episode, you you two are pretty much equal now. You two share the same exact skills. You're just as important as the other person um, in the room. And it just, I, I don't know, just hearing this whole exact, this this whole season with all of the women that we have had this time, it's like the different outlooks and perspectives that I'm getting, it's really making me feel very confident. And I'm not the only one in the room because I work from home anyway so I don't really have anyone here with me but in the interviews um, the meetings that I do go to and me being um, one of the few black women it really kind of makes me feel a little bit more confident than I have before um, because it also talks about in that book that I was told you that I was reading so it's just the things that I'm reading now and what's happening right now is really gaining me or giving me confidence so I love it. I just wanted to add that. It's my little two cents. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, no, you're fine. I like, I like what you have said because I want to add to that as well, especially the part about the meetings. And I was like, that too. I mean, you would scan the room. And yep. Just, Goodness gracious, I really am the only person in here. <laughs> Look, and, and, turn my and then, camera off now. Yes. <laughs> and then after a while, after a while, like you said before, you have to look at it. Oh, I made it. So it, right. Um, this one, I cannot say where, but I worked at this very uh, important building <laughs> in my past career. I call it the retirement center for real. But when I got to that building, I never imagined that I would be there. And I walked through the halls like, oh, well, I really made it here. right you did yeah you know I made it then I just walked through the halls and I said oh I can't go that way but then (laughs) I would walk I would walk through the uh walk through the halls Uh, I'll give y'all a hint so the hint is the building in DC where a tragedy happened and that's all I can tell y'all you know how many buildings are trash? <laughs> hey, hey, that's all I can tell y'all. Hey, it's an event that happened in September, and I work, I mean, I'm sorry, I passed work at that building. That's all y'all need to know. Okay, okay. I'm going to find it out. She's okay, Googling. Go she Googling right now. <laughs> yeah, but just don't say it online. I got oh, okay. <laughs> but I was just thankful that I made it. And as you said, you just, you just have to say, I made it. I'm up here with you all. Now, I will say, when you made it, you still have to grow. You don't want to be content. You don't want to. You don't want to be stagnant. Mm-hmm. A lot of people I help, I notice they're like, "Hey, I gotta get out. Like, I just, I, I really don't know what to do, but I want to get out this road because I'm not growing." Mm-hmm. And I'm not, and that person as well. You have to want to grow in your career yes and some people when i look at people resumes 
And I just looked, oh my God, you was in this same role for 10 years and you didn't level up. You didn't go to a senior role. You mm-hmm. didn't go to a... And me, I'm thinking, well, why didn't you ever want to leave or what was going on? Did you just, I'm comfortable. So I don't want to, I don't want to move. You know, what was going on? So I try to make sure I get that out of people too. So I want to make sure that people realize I'm not just writing your resume to get you a job. I'm your counselor. I listen to your problems. I definitely do not tell you anything you want to hear at all. (laughs) I am blunt, but I will make sure that you understand why I'm telling you this because I want you Mm -hmm. to grow. Oh, yes. Okay. I just wanted to add that in there. It's... You must have found it, but don't say it till offline. I ain't find it yet. I think I did, but I don't want to no. say or if, if it is or not. But um, I, I'll yeah, I'll, I'll do it offline though. <laughs> um, one last thing. So you recently published a book called "The Struggle Is Real: A Blueprint to Excelling into the Cybersecurity Discipline." What made you publish this book? Because you, know, you kind of hinted on it earlier. So let's go ahead and get into it. Yeah. So what happened was. <laughs> this is funny. <laughs> no, but what happened was is that I had already had my blogs on my website. And my mentor, shout out to Dr. Sia again. He had reached out to me in my inbox. And he said, KT, you know, you have enough content for a book. And I'm a person, if you tell me something three times. Or I hear it three times. I'm like, okay, that's a sign. I guess I got to do it. And I wasn't going to publish the book until next year because I'm like, I don't have time for this. Writing a book is going to take forever. However, I had enrolled in an associate of mine, Joanna Udo, her four weeks. So I actually completed my book in four weeks. Her four week how to write mm-hmm. an ebook course. And she gave me all these tips and weeks that I had to complete certain tasks and I was able to write my book. So my book is basically my journey. What happened was is that I have found myself laid off in 2018 because the company I was working for, they mm-hmm. lost the contract. And I was only at that job for 10 months. And I was like everyone else, you know, I have six years of experience. I have a master's degree. I actually have two STEM degrees, so I shouldn't have any problem finding a job. Huh, I was wrong. So during that time, I documented my progress with interviews, learning about myself and my blogs. And I had the content, but I said, hmm, I need to make my book better. So let me ask the cybersecurity mm-hmm. community if some cyber professionals would like to contribute to my book. So in my book, you actually hear my story, but you get nine other professional stories. And the whole point of my book is that I want people to realize you do not have to be technical to get in this field. You don't have to have a degree. You could be self-taught military. I think I have a story in there. One of my, one of the people that was a high school Mm -hmm. dropout, I think, but now they're the director or something. Director of Cybersecurity. So in my book, you get everybody different points of views, how they got to cybersecurity, my point of view, I give you tips. 
I also give you a feedback that I got from a hiring manager. And I actually want to show this story because it's very okay. important. So I had an incident where I was applying for a job and mm-hmm. I went to the interview. I had the phone interview first with the recruiters. The recruiters was preparing me for the interview. Then I went to the mm-hmm. hiring manager interview. Now this interview was in person and it was at a coffee shop. Even though it's at a coffee shop, you still need to be ready for the interview just to impress. So I just to impress and I had an interview with this young lady. And I was going through the interview with the young lady as a regular conversation. Oh, now you are. I said, oh, yeah, mm-hmm. I knocked this out the park. And I always follow up my interviews with the email. This particular time, I decided to be different. And instead of me saying, I really enjoyed our interview, I said, I really enjoyed our conversation today. I got a better outlook on the job and what it's better to me. And I really think that I had a skill set for this role. Now, the recruiter, because this was so-called urgent Mm -hmm. field Mm -hmm. or something like that, the recruiter had got back to me and gave me feedback. And I'm going to tell y'all this feedback, but it is also in my book, so I recommend everyone to get my book as well. And the feedback that I got is from the recruiter, from the hiring manager, is that the young lady thought that I was too personable and she was just so overwhelmed with everything I was telling her and that she also didn't like that I told her that I had other interviews that I was going for. So she felt as though, one, because I was just too personable and that I had other interviews that I would not be a fit for a job. During that time, she did not mention that I did not have the skill or the knowledge for that job. But when I actually had looked what personable meant, I took that as a compliment and I realized I actually was. Yeah, because I was like, aren't you supposed to be personal in the interviews? I mean, they ask you about, well, most of the time they ask you, like, you know, tell me about yourself. So that's a personal part that you got to do part of the interview. So, yeah, so I, I wanted to share that in my book because I felt that was a valid lesson that somebody's going to like your two parts right. of yourself. And to don't really take feedback too to heart all like that because someone is gonna admire your I'm too personable or I'm too outspoken mm-hmm. look personality. And as I tell people during my job search, instead of saying I have a rejection email, I would say I have a redirection email and my job search I turn a negative always into a positive mm-hmm. so that direction would lead me into a new role and a new company that actually would align to my goals that I set out for myself during my mm-hmm. job search and that's why I wrote my book and I also wrote my book and I named it The Struggle is Real because it, The Struggle is it real it is <laughs> And you're gonna to want to give up. And you're gonna to want to give up a lot of times. I wanted to give up a lot of times too because during my job search, I was literally at the crunch line. I had, I was at a point, all my funds was gone, 
everything was gone. My mother helped me, thank goodness. But it was at a point, if y'all don't hurry up and hire me, <laughs> I would really have to pack my bags and go back to Cleveland. And I said, I'm not doing that. So somebody's about to hire me. <laughs> I don't care what I have to do. And, and on LinkedIn, it was my last post. And that was my saving grace. And my last post on LinkedIn was I had I posted my resume and I listed what I do not have time for and what I already did. And I did that because I was tired of companies wasting my time. Okay, I was tired. I said, I'm not going back home. This is what I did. I do not do not call me if your contract is not funded. Don't call me. Do not call me. Your contract is need need to be funded already. Do not call me if my clearance level is not for this job because that's gonna take too long. Do not call me. And I had a situation where I had a contingent offer in my like I had a contingent offer. I negotiated this salary 30k more, but I couldn't start the job because the clearance process was taking too long. It's a that's a different story. But I couldn't start that job. So I had to go on a job hunt again and still find the jobs. And at this time, I said, I'm tired. I, I can't. And the person saw my resume. I didn't know this guy from a can of paint. He commented. He said, okay, Tia, my job is hiring. Send me your resume. I sent them my resume. During the last month of April, I had a total of, I'm sorry, the last two weeks of April of 2019, I had 10 interviews back to back. One week, I had two in-person interviews on a Tuesday. I had one on a Wednesday. The interview I had Wednesday was the one that, that gave me my job offer, and I had ended my nine-month job search. And I was offered a referral from a guy I did not know from a campaign. Mm. So I tell people, people are watching you online, and you never know your blessing could be online you never know thank you for saying that watch people online that is like the next thing for um i guess this is the new way of you know how you sit in a restaurant and you people watch (laughs) yes yes (laughs) yeah so now they watch you online while drinking wait a minute i still do that though (laughs) (laughs) well i mean wait but but you know we can't really do that right <laughs> oh, now. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, <laughs> you know, I, I tell you, because people watch it as the best thing. You can have a whole story all day. <laughs> it really, it. you really can. I used to like going to the park and just like people watch and just laugh and have a whole field day because it's like a lot going on. But yeah, it is one of the new things now where they just watch you online. This, <laughs> It is. Okay. Well, I think this was a wonderful episode and you gave us some nice tips, um, great laughs and all of that. Um, <clears throat> Bina, did you have anything else to add? No, this was actually great. That's all I want to say. Right. I'm always trying to catch my breath. Um, hey, I don't know if y'all hear it or not. <laughs> Glad I'm glad I left y'all teachers because I was like, oh. <laughs> I didn't know what else to say next. <laughs> but it was a lot. Um, it's a lot of um, small life lessons that you can actually use in other things in life, and, spe- um, and not just in your career. Just things that you just want to do, like um, Katia said, just 
go for it and just do it. I like this episode. I love it. I like all the episodes, but this one right here, I like it. Mm-hmm. Katia, um, was there anything else that you wanted to add or say to the audience before we leave out for this episode? Yes, because I always have to leave with a positive vibe yes. or an affirmation. Ooh, go for it. Oh, always, always. I have to pull it up because I got it from this book that I read, which is, let me get the book, hold on y'all. The book is from one of my favorite artists, her father, uh, Janae Mm Eichel, her dad, Dr. Chill, has this book that is called... That is called Love is Life, Living on Value Energy is Surely Love and Full Effect, effect, sorry, The Musings of Dr. Chill. And one of his quotes that I want to share with everybody is... Oh, wait, I have that book in my... um... And my Amazon little Ooh. list, I have to buy it though. Isn't that the one with the with the Ooh. with the onk on the front? Yeah. Yes, yeah. Yes. Okay. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we did too much today. Okay, so the quote or the affirmation I want to leave everybody with, which is from Dr. Chill, is never silence wisdom, for then only fools will speak. Good one, good one, good one. I had to, I had to take a minute. Oh, I know. That one is good. That's it. I had to leave. I had to leave on a deep note. Well, look, I will leave it at that one. Um, I, we want to appreciate or thank you for um, being a guest on the show um, for the umpteenth time. Um, we really do appreciate it to our audience thank you for listening catch us on the next episode we're out bye